In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, KnowledgeVine, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. KnowledgeVine is committed to reducing the frequency and severity of workplace errors by helping organizations leverage technology to easily create a sustainable safety culture. KnowledgeVine, the evolution of human performance. Learn more at KnowledgeVine.com. Today, my guest on the show is Rory J. Mealy. Rory, did I say that right? You did. Yeah, sometimes with my Texas accent, you know, it, it doesn't always come out right. Roy, you're the director of EHS for a company called BHI, is that right? That's correct. Okay, so I'm happy. I know from what you told me about BHI, I'm happy to introduce BHI to the audience, but I don't recognize that name. Tell us about BHI, Rory. So BHI is a general contractor that has a national footprint. We specialize in vertical and horizontal construction and building energy infrastructure, oil and gas and mining markets. We're dedicated to... Oh, wow. We've got our dedicated core values, teamwork, service, reputation, and growth. And it started you know, with our work in the oil field. We're an adaptable organization, and we learned from the organizations that we've served in the oil and gas industry and our other markets. That's allowed us to grow to where we are today. So you guys are, you're a pretty good size outfit then, right? We are employee count wise. We have, oh, I think roughly 600 employees. And then with our own subcontractors, I, last number I heard, we're managing probably roughly a thousand employees. Oh, wow. Well, and I see you guys, let's see, you're in Salt Lake City, Utah, right? I am. Our corporate office is out of Vernal, Utah, over near the Colorado border. Okay. I see here that the Salt Lake Tribune, I guess that's the newspaper there, they've ranked you guys as one of the top workplaces for the past two years. That's correct. Wow. That's impressive. And so, Rory, you're the director of environmental health and safety there. How long have you been doing that? Oh, I'd say probably a year and a half before that, I was a safety manager. I came, I worked for BHI previously and came back in 2019 as a safety manager on the Wasatch Front, the Salt Lake area. And then the previous safety director stepped down and I applied and came into this position. Okay. All right. So you got a few initials behind your name, ASP? Correct. Associate Safety Professional. And then CHST? Construction Health and Safety Technician. Okay. And then I think you're working on your master's or something? That's correct. A master's of science in safety, security, and emergency management from Eastern Kentucky University. I'm going to have two certificates, one in occupational safety and one in safety leadership, and I'll graduate this coming spring. So you're definitely a safety professional. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, you and I had talked a little bit offline. There's something about safety professionals versus safety practitioners. Is that right? To me, there is. I think in our field, and that's one thing that I've learned in this graduate program, is there's no standard for safety professionals. It's such a vast field, right? You're covering multiple industries, general industry, oil and gas, construction, maritime, agriculture, and the range of knowledge is vast. And so I think all of us can consider ourselves safety practitioners. We all practice safety. 
Some of us practice it better than others. But for me personally, professional and leader are kind of the same to me. I can't call myself a professional. I feel like other people can assign me that qualification. It's just like a leader. If I have to call myself a leader, I'm probably not a leader. But it's those that would follow you that would give you the qualifications, right? I would follow you or I would not. Same thing with a professional. I think professionalism, the way we use it is I'm an expert in the field. But the way I see it is how do I influence people within my safety practice? And I've met a lot of safety practitioners that call themselves professionals, but I don't see it in the way that we interact. Sometimes we're we're worse to each other than most in our field, but I do consider myself a safety practitioner and kind of reserve the professionalism side of that. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I think you hit the nail on the head there. If you're going to be an effective safety professional or practitioner or however you want to say it, it is about leadership. It's not about being the, as we often say on this show, it's not about being the safety cop. Correct. And one of the things we didn't go over, you know a little bit about leadership, I think, because of your time in the Utah Army National Guard? Correct. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. I think you're currently a unit commander or something. Yeah, I'm a detachment commander for our headquarters and headquarters detachment, or HHD, the Utah Army National Guard's 640th Regiment Regional Training Institute. And we train leaders from across the country, active National Guard and Reserve. They come to Camp Williams, Utah. They enjoy the cold weather during our winter season and gain valuable principles and insights according to their roles and responsibilities when they come to learn from us. And so my role is on the administrative side. My job, I feel, is to make sure that the regiment is administratively correct. But I'm in my 15th year in service with the National Guard. And it's been a rewarding experience just on the the leadership side of things and learning those skills. Well, I think by the time this podcast goes live, I will have already aired the interview that I had with the process safety management lead at Baker Hughes, Dan Lepsack. And one of the things that he emphasized is that when it comes to safety, and your safety culture and your safety program and all that, you never arrive. There's always something else out there you can discover. There's always something else out there you can try to improve. And so as a result, we never run out of things that we can talk about when it comes to everybody coming home safe, which is the theme of this show. And so let's talk about, since we're looking at the difference between safety professionals and safety practitioners Let's talk about how your leadership training in the National Guard has influenced your concept of being a safety practitioner. So I am, I see triangles everywhere. I'm very fascinated lately with triangles, especially in the principles side of things. And I've always really appreciated the Army's definition of leadership. It says Army leadership or leadership is the process of influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation while operating to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. And so we could call this the influence triangle, right? You've got purpose, you've got direction, and you've got motivation. And if we talk about the firefighting principles, right, the basic firefighting principles, you've got the fire or the fire triangle or tetrahedron. You've got heat, fuel, and oxygen. They have to have that chemical reaction to create a fire, right? And to in order to extinguish a fire, you just gotta take away one of those elements. 
Same thing goes with starting a fire. And I'm talking about like the leadership fire. You've, I think we've all seen that diagram that managers know how to light a fire under people while leaders know how to light a fire in people. I believe that it's through purpose, direction, and motivation that you can light that fire in someone. And just like the fire triangle, if you take away purpose, they might have direction and motivation, but without that purpose, how far are they going to get? Or likewise, if they've got purpose and direction, but no motivation, again, you're not going to get very far. Or purpose and motivation, but they have no clear direction, it's just going to extinguish that leadership flame. And this goes, I think, hand in hand with safety, trying to operate to accomplish the mission. And the mission of any organization is to, one, build a profit. But I think, and just like BHI, our goal, we build America. We build relationships. That's one of our core purposes. We bless the lives of as many people as possible. That's our motivation. It's our purpose. And then we get our direction, our marching orders, through our operations manual, through our leadership. But in safety, if I can't provide that purpose, direction, and motivation to my senior leadership, to our middle management, to our field employees, how far are we really going to get? That's kind of where I've married my two career fields, right? The military and civil construction. Well, you just hit the nail on the head when you laid it out the way that you laid it out there. The grid there that you've got your people at the top, you know, your executives or your C-suite or whatever you want to call it. Then you got your people in the middle who are your managers and your leaders. And then you've got your general workforce. And, you know, I don't know if you want to call that a triangle too, but all three of those have to come together if you're going to have an effective safety program, right? Just like, you know, the most companies have the KPIs and you know, safety, quality, profitability. You know, there's, you put too much emphasis on one of those and the other two can suffer, or you put too much emphasis on two of them and the other one can suffer. The key is balance, right? And on the topic of influence, I'm not here to influence everybody. If I can influence at least one person to be better than they were, and then they can then influence other people, I don't always have to influence senior leadership. If I can influence middle management, which has the greatest weight when it comes to influencing those in the field, I think we become successful. If you're trying to improve other leaders who can grow other leaders, we're in a good position. And so... How does that relate to what we call, let's say, a people culture versus a leadership culture? So I don't think those two are verse. I think those are verse safety culture. And I've heard a lot of other safety practitioners say that they don't really care for the term safety culture. We don't talk about finance culture or HR culture, but we have this term safety culture. I get a little tired of that phrase too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really, we've got safety is synonymous with people, right? We don't talk about the safety of the equipment or the safety of the property. Like safety is synonymous with those that are working, the safety and health of individuals. And so safety is synonymous with people. We have people culture and really we have leadership culture. If we see failures on the job site, we have leadership failures. We don't have safety failures. I can go to the leader of that operation or that task and say, what are you doing? Why are we allowing this to happen? And so I think the more we focus on positive leadership culture, we're going to see an improvement on not just safety, but quality, profitability, customer satisfaction. That's going to be our greatest influence is recognizing that those leaders, those people are also synonymous with safety. The minute they get that safety is a part of their operation, quality is a part of their operation, and they value all three that's real growth right there. Well, Roy, I really appreciate your 
perspective on this. I really like your triangle illustration about the fire and lighting the fire in someone rather than lighting the fire under someone. I think that kind of ability to motivate people like that is what's critical. This has been a short conversation, but it's been, for me, very enlightening. You got anything else you want to talk about that you can enlighten us with? I think just that, and I I read this, I think it was Kevin Burns, another safety practitioner, said that safety has got to be personal for each of us, right? Is it a core value? Is, Is it a priority? And whether it is for the company or not, if it's not personal, then, and again, that goes back to people culture, right? How do we make it personal in people's lives? How do we make them see this affects me? It affects my family. It affects my hobbies. It affects my livelihood. If something goes wrong, I think that's how you really influence, right? That give them that purpose, give them that motivation. So I think for me personally, I've lost people in my life and I've got family, my kids that have health issues. I'm their primary caregiver or my wife's their primary caregiver. I'm their support. I make this all possible. If they lose me, I just think about how often, you know, if that was lost, what did they lose and how hard is it going to be for them? And it's going to be different for everybody. Everybody's unique and we've got to tap into their why. And that's one thing I like about BHI is we have a why BHI. Why do we exist? We build America. We bless the lives of families. We have a core doctrine about why we exist, but people, we have to know their why as well. And does it mesh with the organization? And that's with any organization. Well, that's impressive. I really appreciate your perspective there. And again, Rory, really appreciate you coming on the show. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the review link in the show notes. And please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vine's Oil & Gas HSE podcast. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full-service human performance and safety consulting. Knowledge Vine, error reduction that works. Discover more about Knowledge Vine by finding in the show notes our website link and other contact information, or simply just reach out to me on LinkedIn, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.